Hi, and welcome back to Represent. I'm Katherine Schotthofer, and I'm here with Mary Trahan, our guest today. She's a television writer who's been working in the business for about nine years, and she's here to share some wisdom with us today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So let's let everybody get to know you a little bit. Do you want to tell us a little bit just about yourself and your career? Yes. Um, I, I grew up in Louisiana. And I came to L.A. Um, for college. So I went to school at UCLA. Um, I came here in 98. I didn't know a single person in the state of California. And um, didn't really know what I was going to do. But I think I knew I wanted to be in entertainment. So um, went to school at UCLA and then thought I was going to be a magazine writer. Uh, worked for Los Angeles Magazine for about 10 years. And I ended up segueing into television, and that's where I am now. I can't say that I planned on it, but I like where I am. <laughs> this is quite the transition. <laughs> um, so for people who are listening, I think there's a lot of myth and mystery around what it means to be a writer in TV. Can you just talk a little bit about what's the day-to-day like for a writer working in TV? Yes, I think that... Um, I think that it might seem daunting just because, you know, you watch these shows in your home and you see these names come across the screen. They're, they're faceless people. You, you think they're, you know, they have the keys to the kingdom. But honestly, TV writing is just a really regular everyday job that requires a ton of work. And um, it basically requires you coming in. First, you have to get hired on a show. And we can talk a little more about that later. But the day to day is that you come in and you work with a staff of writers, it can be anywhere from five to 10 people. You sit around a table and it's sort of like a family dinner that never ends. (laughs) So you sit around this table and you sort of throw out your ideas and you're expected to come in with your own viewpoints and your own ideas. Um, And we have boards up all around the room. Pretty much every show works this way, comedy and drama. You have whiteboards around the room. So it feels a little bit like a classroom, but it's actually a fun and funky classroom. As you spit out your ideas, they end up on the whiteboards and the group as a whole tries to make them into something real, an episode, basically. Um, And that's when the family dinner really comes in because you start arguing about what's good and what's not good. And you spend your days doing that. And then once an episode is decided on, um, it usually requires about seven to 10 days of work as a group to figure out the way the episode is going to look. And you write it all out on the board and then someone is assigned to that episode and you go home and write it. Um, sometimes you have a lot of time to write it and sometimes you're in a big crunch and you have to like pull a few all-nighters at home. But I guess basically the gist of it is that it's very collaborative. It's very group oriented. And so we talked a little bit before we started taping today. And one of the things that you mentioned was how things have changed over the course of the time that you've been working. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, I started at 20th Century Fox and... I feel like at the time it was sort of a traditional model where you had the big networks that I think we all grew up watching. So ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Um, And most shows uh, were on for a whole year and then they were off during the summer and summer was for reruns, right? We all remember rerun time. And most shows did a big long season. They did 22 episodes. That's why you sometimes have like cheesy storylines or weird cliffhangers because they were trying to keep you watching year round. Now... You have so many other networks. You have all these cable networks that came out of nowhere um, and are giant forces in creativity. And they're giving the big studios a run for their money. And that's that's cool for writers because that means 
our stories have so many more potential outlets. And then add to that streaming. So now you have Netflix, now you have Hulu, you have Amazon, you have Apple, you have, you know, all these production companies that are selling shows, like, just like what you're doing to all these outlets. And um, there are a million more opportunities for different types of seasons. Like a season might only be 10 episodes, or you can watch a season on your computer or your phone in one day if you wanted to binge watch. So not to date myself, when I was a kid, there was no such thing as binge watching. There wasn't even really a DVR yet. And even now a DVR is kind of old fashioned. If we had like a VCR. Yeah, we had VCRs. (laughs) And even like, I actually remember VCRs were a little fancy. Like not everyone had one, Yeah, you know, and you would record it on the, you know, and you you could accidentally record over someone's show. And that was a big deal. You know, if you recorded over your siblings show and they would get really mad at you. Just going to say a major point of contention between my sister and I was when she once taped over something and I don't even remember what it was, but it was a very big deal. Right. And you still remember it. You still remember it to this day. Not better. Not better at all. 25 years later. Uh, (laughs) um, So some of the shows that you've worked on, do you have a favorite memory from any of those times? I think um, I got my start on a show called Prison Break, which was on Fox, and they've recently kind of rebooted it. Um, but I worked on the original Prison Break. You know, I worked on the marketing for the home entertainment release. Did you really? Show. It was very well marketed. Um, and it was very popular overseas, too. Like, we had a huge following, I'm sure you know, in Asia and stuff. So we had we had posters that were written in Japanese characters that were hanging in our office. Um, I think my... My memory isn't that, it's not a specific memory, it's an overall memory about the dynamic there. And I've since talked to other writers who were there and they feel the same way, even though this was quite a while back. Um, It was just sort of a magical group of people who all really cared about the product, but writers who were all very independent and had all their own viewpoints and came from really different backgrounds um, and didn't take themselves too seriously. So it was pretty, it got quirky, it got silly. Um, you know, this is a very, it's a hard industry and a competitive industry, but we managed to create the family dinner atmosphere that you want to have, you know, and when the show ended, everyone was really sad and missed each other a lot and still keep in touch. I think just the idea that a show could be that great, um, you know, cause there's a show behind the show. There's what you see on air and then there's what is actually happening in that day-to-day office in order to make that show. And, um, it's not always congruent you know sometimes a show could be great but you you hear about people who worked there and they say the hours were crazy I never saw my family you know it was so demanding and then other shows you hear oh my gosh I heard the producers were so nice and that they were cool and you know you could take days off if you needed to and you know because working conditions are very important I think when we're talking about the creative arts Um, because you know when you're working in creativity the lines get blurred a lot it's not quite the same as you know, if you have a salary job somewhere, there is much more um, chance for you to, you know, be taken advantage of. That's why we have the Writers Guild of America, which if you work in TV or film, um, you belong to and they protect you and they make sure that you, you know, have to get paid a certain amount um, as a base salary and stuff. So um, I think you want to always be thinking about that when you when you are thinking about what show you want to write on or types of show you want to write on. And so when you're writing on a show, uh, when you write a script and turn it in for that episode, is that exactly what shows up on air? Um, it could it could be pretty close to it, and it could be not at all. And I know that's a weird answer, but um, basically it depends on the type of show you're on. There, there's the big boss in every show is called a showrunner, and they're basically that's a fancy title for head writer. Um, but head writer oversees all of the production 
that goes behind the show too. So they oversee all the actors. They oversee everything from the main star to the person who does makeup, to the person who um, makes the midnight snack that everyone has on a really long day on set. So um, I think it depends on the way the showrunner runs the show, the style of the show, and the talent level of the people on the show. Because, you know, in some ways I like to think of it as kind of sports, like the NBA, say, you know, you have different levels of talent there. You know, you have some guy who might only play for two minutes in every game, but he could still have like a sort of long NBA career. You know, he might only score, he might average six points a game. And then you have like, I'm dating myself with this reference, but then you have the Kobe's of the world, you know? So I think a good showrunner knows their staff well and knows what they want in a script from different writers. So they may know that they have a budding writer who is a first or second year writer who needs to be teamed up with a more senior level writer um, to get a script out on time. Uh, Cause time is of the essence because you have an air date, right? So it's not like creative writing at home cause you're looking at this show has to air on February 4th. You know, we got to get it in production in time. The actors have to have the script in time so they can learn the lines. So uh, that's my long way of saying, if you're very talented or you're seasoned or you've been on the show for a while, you can be trusted to write that script pretty fast and to know um, to know how the actor, the characters talk, okay? Because some shows are very voice dependent. Like Grey's Anatomy, for example, is a very talkative show or like Scandal, all the Shonda Rhimes mm-hmm. shows. They're very talkative and they rely a lot on the writer's voice. So for a show like hers, you might turn in your script and the production draft, which just means the final product that the actors uh, learn off of, the production draft may show up on your desk and it may have really like, I don't know, 10% of something that you wrote. And I'm just, I'm not picking Shonda as an example because I've never worked in her empire and I just know a few people who had, but um, on another show, this may be a first season show, that's like on, let's say it's on Netflix and it's the first season and they're trying something out. Um, you might have more free reign. And especially if it's a smaller staff, you might really, they might really be relying on you, especially if they see something in you. If they think that you have a, a real voice for these characters, they might, you might turn something in. You could be a first year writer and turn something in and it's really great. And most of what you wrote could get on the air. I think it's important to believe that that's possible. You know, I mean, I do, I want to, I don't want to mislead anybody. It's very, you get a lot of constructive criticism. It's it's very collaborative. It's like sort of like a group project that you would do in school, you know, where you have to sort of learn how to work with someone else who has a different, you know, interpretation or a different skill level than you. Um, but I think it's important to go in wishing, hoping, and thinking it is possible that you could write a really great script and turn it in and that the showrunner who hired you might stop by your office, which does happen and say, great job. Like this is going to be a strong episode. And then when you do see it on the air, you're like, I can do this. You know, do you have a favorite episode of something that you've written? Um, I really liked my first episode of Nikita, which was on the CW. And it was like a started off as like kind of a teen spy drama and sort of morphed more into a um, kind of a genre show. Um, But when I started there, I started on season three and I was I was a little nervous because a lot of writers had been there already for two seasons um and we sort of had a pitch fest at the at the beginning of the season and all a pitch is is just you saying your idea to somebody pitch is not i feel like the word pitch gets thrown around a lot in la but the word pitch just means like tell me your idea 
you know? And so we had this sort of round table where everyone threw out their ideas. And I knew I wanted to write about a teenage girl. And I, I formed a story that would sort of inform the main character's background, who was played by Maggie Q. Um, and they picked it as the one they wanted to run with first. And I think it gave me a lot of confidence because, again, it was back to the family dinner. Mm -hmm. We put it on the board. We all argued about the plot. It took a few weeks to put together before I went off and wrote the outline and the script. But the final product, really the whole thing, I felt like I, a lot was being asked of me. And I felt that I brought what they were asking, even though I wasn't sure that I could. And I think that's very important in creativity to be given these these chances where you actually are afraid when you start because you think, I'm just some girl from Louisiana. I'm just, you know, I went to a public school or I, you know, you think these things about yourself and then you go off and do it because someone has challenged you to and you meet the challenge and it sort of in a way even surprises you. And so I think, you know, I, I liked the way, I liked a lot of other things. I liked the way it was directed. I liked the way it was cast. I liked being on set um while it was being made but i think the reason why it means so much to me is that that was the first time even though it was my third year of writing um the paychecks don't really matter it's not about the paychecks it's it's if you're if you love writing and you're doing this it's about your vision made it and someone saw something in you and you rose to the occasion and then everyone who sees it on their screen will also see your work and get the benefit of that story. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, for me, that's what is important about it because I, I do, you know, I, I do want to believe that I'm doing something that means something. And I think entertaining people does mean something. I think I, I get worried about, you know, funding for the arts or, you know, whether people are being um, encouraged to be creative writers, you know, in, in school, because so much of school is about grading and, um, but I think it's very important to think of creativity as something that we need in our culture. People, people need to be entertained. It's the reason why the movies are so important, you know? Mm -hmm. Do you remember when there was like a second where people were wondering if like the movies were still going to exist? Right. You know, everyone got worried. They're like, oh, everyone's just going to stay home and only watch movies at home. And which we obviously do. But how many people have told me in the last week that they went to see A Star is Born right. and like they were... Instagramming themselves or Facebooking themselves, like buying that ticket. And these are like, you know, 40 year old people in LA who are working professionals who are geeking out on this movie like they're teenagers. Yeah. There's some kind of magic in it that we love. I think it's a very, in some ways, very American. Mm -hmm. And it's part of our culture. And it's, it's a, it's a playing field to me that's always felt could be level. You, your story matters no matter who you are, no matter where you're from. You have something to say, it matters. I think that's a great message for everybody who's listening to, because I know we have a lot of people who have an idea, a thought, a dream, or something that they want to share with the rest of the world. And sometimes it can be really hard to figure out you know, how you take that from wherever you are in your hometown, somewhere else, and you know, what does it look like? You can't just walk it into a movie studio or a television mm -hmm. network. So what does it look like? And um, so that's why I think it's so important to have this kind of advice. Um, we also talked a little bit earlier about the idea of mentors. Um, and you said something that I thought was really important about choosing mentors. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, I think um, I think gone are the days, like what you just said, gone are the days that every show is set in LA or New York and is, and is about people in LA or New York. People are over that. People want to see 
everybody. They want to see themselves on the screen. They want to see small town, big town, middle of the country. And I think those stories cannot be written with true um, with truth to them if they're written by these people who are only from LA and New York. And so that's why people from all around are needed in the industry. And there's they're pouring in right now. But to get in, traditionally, you've had to know somebody or, you know, already have lived and worked, do what I did, worked menial jobs in LA for 15 years before you get your break. Not everyone can do that. Most people can't. And, and I think you need to, if you're aware of the fact that it might be harder for you to get here, say you didn't get to go to college in LA, like I was fortunate enough to, which I realize is a luxury. Um, look for things in your town, look for things at your community college, look for, look for that teacher who really believes in you. There's so many programs at all of the studios who are looking for talent where you can just submit online. You can submit a script you wrote online, you know, and you can teach yourself to write at home. Every TV writer who's working taught themselves to write at home. I guarantee <laughs> you, it doesn't matter where they went to college, but finding those, those mentors in every step gets you, gets you closer to the one mentor who may give you that first job, but it's a series of them who get you to that mentor. Like I said, it might even be a teacher, you know, it could be, could be a parent it's that one person who's willing to push you a little extra and it might even be loaning you some money so that you can make that move or loaning you some money so that you can take a one screenwriting class at the local college and that's where you learn the format of the story that you already know you want to tell mm -hmm. but it's seeking out those people and it's not being afraid to seek them out and realizing that so many people got there got here that same way and that you you don't have to have some fancy pedigree to get to it that's really, really important advice. Um, and speaking of advice, so we always like to wrap these up with what is the one piece of advice that you would give to everybody who's listening? Uh, work your tail off. Work your tail off. If, if this is what you want to do, if you want to write, then you know it. You feel it in you. You know who you are. You know you're possessed by this. You have to work your tail off because it never ends. Because even there is no there there. There is no arrival. Right. So all that you want the big job, like I, I have a dear friend who just got a job on the new Star Trek, um, the Patrick Stewart Star Trek. And he, he was, loved Star Trek since he was a kid. And, you know, it's so huge that he got this job. I'm so happy for him. I started with him as an assistant. Um, but it's just the knowledge of, you know, we're so excited about it. And we're talking about it. And he was like, OK, and then now the work begins. Yeah. You know, it's right. only that one shining moment. And then tomorrow you got to go to work. And he's like, oh, my God, I have to actually show up there and tell them my ideas. This is crazy. Patrick Stewart's going to read my lines like it's it's a never ending work. And if you love it, it doesn't feel like work all the time. And that's, I think, why people are willing to, um, you know, give it all up in order to, to try to reach this this level. You know, it, again, I'm going back to the NBA. If you're meant if you know you're meant to play basketball and compete at the highest level, you know, you work your tail off, you condition yourself on the off season. And uh, there's no replacement for that, really. And I think secondly, I think attitude, I think they're really connected. I think you have to have a great attitude. And we don't all you know, no one always has a great attitude. But the ability to be flexible and correct yourself when you realize that maybe you didn't have the best attitude, because I, I do think because it's so collaborative, you really have to get along with everybody around you, which many writers are introverts. So they're I think many writers who don't know a lot about television writing automatically think you might sit at home in your PJs in your bed and write your screenplay. And some people do that. But what it really is, is a bunch of hanging out with other people. So being able to be flexible enough to get along with people who maybe you don't like love to hang out with every day, 
but if you have the right attitude, you'll muster through it, you know? So I think it's those two things and they're, they're, you know, intricately linked. I think that's a great advice for, um, for work, for life, for everything in general. Yeah. Um, I think we're out of time, but Mary, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. <laughs> if you, you have for questions me. for Mary or for us, don't hesitate to either hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. We're at represent by OMV. Thanks for joining. Thank you.